Hey everybody, welcome to the Growing With Fishes podcast, episode 150. Uh, this week we have, or this episode we have Chris Trump. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us, Chris. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's cool to be here. Always fun to have you on. Uh, we sure. also, have, also have Roger. How y'all doing? Uh, great night tonight. Rain stopped. Yeah, it's about to start again where I'm at. <laughs> um, <laughs> how's it going, Tara? I'm good. I was just sharing out all the uh, stuff for the live. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> it's hot today. It's been hot here. Yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, it's been actually nice and cool that's here in Oklahoma. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, so being at Dutch Blooms last weekend, you know, and then coming back here and, and heat flash. So I'm trying to get acclimated. Oh, yeah, you're preaching to the choir on that one. That's not as far as the summer adjusting. We're looping uh, on Terra's, I think. There we go. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, it's been been fun. It was a lot of fun at, at Josh's, and we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, so thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to and uh, what you got going on? It's been a while since we've had you on. I know you've been up to all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, you know the 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 best stuff is uh, you know growing growing kids. You know the the uh, the plants are are fun, and I have uh, five five children that are growing like crazy and. I wish uh, they were as easy as plants some days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's been good. It's um, in Boise, Idaho. We had a crazy cold spring, so planting things was uh, was terrible. A lot of people put things in the ground a little too early, and it just failed. So that was difficult. That was our our. Uh, curveball to farming in Boise this year and um, but now the weather's beautiful and things are growing well um, my wife for the first time in uh, since we've been married decided she wanted to be a gardener so uh, along with uh, growing things and uh, teaching growing things we have now a garden run by my wife at home which is uh, kind of like miraculous territory but uh, it's going well. Girl power. Yeah, she. <laughs> she. Uh, I told her I, I bring home some soil conditioner and wood chips for you, and uh, so it's it starts raining. We got a, a Chevy pulled it up onto our grass, like into our front front yard, and and she's uh, she's shoveling cow poop and wood chips. I haven't told her that it's cow poop yet, and in the rain and. So I was, I thought it was pretty sexy, her uh, out there and with the white shirt shoveling and, and then I told her what it was and she didn't blink an eye. So she's, she's a, on her way to being uh, the uh, grower of our food. It's wonderful. That's fantastic. Uh, I could only get uh, my wife to help me with uh, like redoing the medium every year when we had to start over again, we dump out all the grow the pots and the bags because I did a hydro for a long time, you know, and we dump out all the bags and, and mix it and clean out everything. And that's about all she do. <laughs> so cool. I, I think it's cool that you, yeah, mama's growing food. 
it's awesome yeah, she is. she had one of the plants that she transplanted die and she's like why did it die i wasn't around when she planted it i don't i, I had no part of it and i said i can't just tell you that i don't i you know <laughs> I, it, knowing what <laughs> i don't just know why your plant died uh but it, you, it's been a lot of fun i thought that was like level five of knf was <laughs> commuting with dead plants <laughs> <laughs> I go go into the spirit realm and, yeah. and talk to the dead uh, lemon cucumber and yeah no not not quite there yet Steve I'm working on it. <laughs> That's all. Uh, <laughs> you have to kill so many plants first, right? It's like yeah. like a ninja or something. Well, you know we have to think she's got a pretty good teacher. So what's up? I mean, well, how are you letting her you know, grow plants and die, Chris? Uh, on, I don't man. know. It, it might have been the nursery's <laughs> fault. I'm not sure. No. But everything we planted together is doing great. I, I gave yeah. her, yeah. I gave her plant food. She's got her whole, her whole natural farming, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner going. Her, her uh, vegetative growth spray is going right now, and she's, uh, she's killing it. So, it's good. Yep. So what I, uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> my uh, family farm's doing great. Um, my um, team there is doing the the natural farming. We're we're full into uh, for this year. Full into our second round of spray. So the first round of spray in our orchard um, has a lot of our our nitrogen. So we use a uh, a fish. Um, kind of like a fish amino acid but we haven't quite scaled making our own fish amino acid for our farm yet so we use a um i think it's called um fish omega by bioflora and uh it's a great great product and um and then we we put in with it some minor calcium uh wca and wcap but we brew a liquid imo and spray that out so that's that happens kind of december january um, when all our nuts have kind of fallen off the tree and the trees kind of getting ready, growing some leaves and getting ready to, uh, think about flowering for the next season. And now they're in, uh, uh, with some calcium again, still the liquid IMO and, uh, spraying the trees. And so it's, it's a whole process. It takes a couple months to do a round through our orchard because we're spraying about 20 acres at a time and it's, uh, it's 700 acres. So. But they're going great. Yeah, it's going really well. What is your cost per acre? Um, cost per acre uh, is last I calculated, I think we were at $27 per acre per year. Um, and that's for all our new, all our materials purchased and um, all the man hours and tractor hours to make and apply it. Um, That's yeah. really outstanding. Do you actually know what it would cost an average farmer per acre in your area, just like for someone that wouldn't know in farming? Yeah, so I think um, if you were like transferring that to, um, uh, to cannabis, um, I think it'd be higher. So, you know, for, I think it'd be, um, probably, man, uh, I did this, this math before, um, 
so for 1600 plants i think you look at actually a pretty similar total uh budget for our 700 acres um which what's well, 27 times 700 I, I gotta close my uh, camera to uh, calculate 14, that. 14,000, uh, No, that might not be right. Never mind. No, because that's an acre. It's not an acre per plant. It's around it eighteen. It's around eighteen thousand nine hundred. Yeah. Yeah, that's too high. No, it it'd be. Uh, sorry, I can't do the math off the top of my head, but it's um. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be it'd be significantly less than that. I think you'd be looking at uh, um, uh, five thousand if you're making it yourself for sixteen hundred plants for a season at the most. Um, if you're if you're able, and that's just if you're doing everything on a small scale. If you do any economy of scale, um, yeah, you're going to be down in twenty four hundred. And what um, what plants are you referring to on that? Oh, I was trying to calculate cannabis off the top of my head oh, for like a indoor greenhouse grow with living soil. Cool. It's more intensive when you're doing cannabis. You use more. It's it's for, a lot, yeah, because yeah. it's it's almost um, you're you're applying it more. Um, yeah. The nutrient needs of a plant like that um, per season compared to a tree um, is pretty different. Right. Yeah. And we're composting too, but yeah, the we're we're doing well and enjoying that. This year, we're hopefully shifting to um, kind of in the works right now. So, top secret, don't tell anybody or air this live or anything. But <laughs> we're we're trying to uh, have our own packaging for about twenty five or twenty percent of our crop. Right now, a hundred percent of it is. Um, processed and packaged by another company so we don't actually have a retail product but hopefully um this time next year we will we'll have uh, something where you can see the whole story of what we do and have our packaging good for you good for you yeah. it's the way to go oh i got a mute sorry yes very cool chris that'll be awesome that's that's the that's the goals things we're up to it's going well though we're we're not changing anything we're doing, and um, it really is um, wonderfully successful as far as our our bottom lines and our production with just natural farming. So we're having fun. So I got a fun when things are growing well. <laughs> That's awesome. I got a question for you. So I'm out here in Oklahoma, and I'm trying to slowly convert some of these uh, traditional farmers over to the K and F ways. What are some advice you have for people that are you know, dealing with larger acreage or, or, you know, thinking about converting or trying to convince others to convert that they're working with, uh, you know, for larger scale operations. Yeah, that's um, how to convince others to change the way they farm for a, the betterment of all mankind has been, that's, that's the question. Um, in the U S um, I believe that the answer to that is uh, profitability. Um, I don't think that there's another carrot um, that holds the same weight 
and and for farmers really um we can't expect something different you know we can't say hey you know this isn't healthy so i think we we have to be um displaying it so if you can um if you have a relationship with someone you're like hey let's do an acre you know hey can you pay for this guy He's got natural farming training to run an acre trial. Um, and then let them, let them watch it, you know, depending on what they're growing. Um, if a farmer can see that on their farm, they can increase profitability or lower costs or overcome some real thing that they're dealing with as a farmer, you don't have to sell it or, or convince them. And uh, I think that's that's the way. I mean, I think if, what uh, we were was when you talked yeah. about you took over that dead farm that God was going to deep till it again and plow it up and put salt. And you said no, 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 and then you took over. I'm not sure if that's the farm you're at in Hawaii or or if it's another one where you helped when you first started out back in the day. But I remember that's what won me over when you were on the show last year and you were talking about how that guy had all those acreage and he, it was burnt out. And then four years later you had it where, you know, it was totally self-substantial, you know, from using natural farming. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was cattle land. And he still, he still can run twice the number of cattle on that land. And he's not had any of the fertility issues. We're, um, we're is that running, cowboy? Yeah, you know, it was more of a hobby, hobby rancher. You know, small. It was only a, a two-acre um, plot. I'm no, not that wasn't cowboy from that conference. No, this is a, a smaller demo. And um, but since then, a bunch of people have kind of followed that and done that and. Um, Department of Agriculture and um, Research and Development, um, County of Hawaii Research and Development, have uh, provided some money to do a trial. So that trial is running right now. And um, yeah, that that's a cool thing. So yeah, I mean, showing, showing a change. Um, farmers are visual and, you know, ultimately they have a livelihood that has to continue. So um, we're just skeptical people. I mean, trying something new is, is tough to do. So I think any way you can show or demonstrate or share a little love by saying, Hey, let's, let's do this on a half acre of yours. We'll just run a little trial. You know, they, even if it's not this extensive full, everything's taken care of and you do the whole gambit, but you just bring them some IMO for a half acre, you know, and, uh, they run their whole program and watch and say, wow, that half acre really looked good next year. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and do half the farm, you know, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you have uh, somebody growing, you know, in your territory, in your area, that's uh, outperforming the other farms. You better believe they come knocking. Yeah. They pay attention then for sure. Not yet. Yep. Yeah. We were, we were called crazy a lot of times as we started transitioning to natural farming. They said, you can't, you can't run a macadamia nut farm with that much nitrogen per acre. But um, now people are really paying attention. They're asking questions and uh, 
people want to follow us through the door. So it's um it's fun, and I think it'll just take time. What um so you were talking a little bit earlier about cannabis. What are some things you've learned in the last year um, about how to grow uh, cannabis specifically around um, KNF? What are some do's and don'ts, or maybe um, you know tips or things you've learned around cannabis specifically with Korean natural farming? Yeah, I think um, one of the one of the main things um, that just stands out to me is as really significant is being conscious of the microbials you spray close to harvest. Um, depending on your testing area, we're dealing with um, we're dealing with regulations that haven't quite caught up to the reality of how microbial life works. So. Um, you know, the, we, we test, when we test microbials, we test for things and we group it all together. You know, um, if you, if you have one drop of compost tea in a bucket, uh, for example, this is like a USDA organic test. You have one drop of compost tea in a bucket and you submit that as a, uh, you know, um, as a test to pass E. coli standards, you know, that's great because there's so, so few, you know, parts per million of E. coli. But if I have a complete high density compost tea, you know, where I'm getting twice or 10 times the microbial growth of any other tea I would normally, you know, brew in a, in a normal kind of setup through natural farming, um, they don't really understand that a uh, E. coli is a small percentage of, of that, or if you, you know, close it in a bottle for two days and ship it off. Um, so we had to overcome those things um, just in communicating with our regulators. And we get our tea tested on island now because sending it off and it's sitting in a closed bottle for a week because they didn't get to it until the week later was, uh, was hurting us. But, um, yeah, so keeping keeping things um, that are highly microbial off your plants later. Also, um, I think if people can come to understand uh, tending to the fungal bacterial ratios of their soil, I think they can get much better nutrient uptake. People are spending so much time on um, how good their soils are, but if they have imbalance um, in their plants, are, you know, suffering just because there's too much bacteria and too little fungi. I think that's a, that would be a bummer. So I think that in, in my conversations, um, I think this year, I think helping people or, or encouraging people to have a useful tool. It's not just understanding that their plants love fungi, um, but having a, a tool to actually skew their soil to uh, fungal balance or fungal dominate dominated soil is uh, I think a key for cannabis growers. Yeah. So um, how, would, how would a cannabis grower go about or a, a even non-cannabis grower go about ensuring their fungal dominance? So, um, you know, people have a lot of options when it comes to um, buying products that are microbial. Um, as far as the natural farming cannabis community, 
I hear a lot of talk about lactic acid bacteria. Everybody's into their labs. Um, but, um, and, and lab, lactic acid bacteria is wonderful and a, an incredible part of the, the soil food web. And, um, but it's a, a part. And, um, and really for, for cannabis, it's a small part um, of really what you need. And so um, the whole IMO process or even just um, highly fungal compost. So finding a way to um, either create an IMO3 or an IMO4, which there's a learning curve and I understand it's kind of difficult to jump into and wrap your head around all these terms. IMO is indigenous microorganism. So it's basically getting some good fungal life from your local environment um, and uh, getting it to grow out and, uh, and then getting it to grow in your pots or your living soil or whatever your setup is. Um, that would be recommended. And if you have no idea, is that your LAB? Nice. Beautiful. Um, if you have no idea what um, what a fungally dominated um, material is, you can spend a hundred bucks on a test, and you can send it away, and you can see, hey, what what have I got going here? And um, I think for me, the the biggest learning curve was just really being honest um, for in the beginning. If I had something that just sucked that I produced, or it was all bacteria or it got to be a kenobacteria because it got too hot or whatever. And it, you know, I didn't have any good fungal life in there. I just had to be like, okay, that sucked. You know that, and that's, you know, we like to hear that we failed or, or didn't do something well. We, we like to think that we're all magicians. If we just throw stuff in a pile, you know, and we like it like, Oh, I like blackberries. I'm going to throw them in a pile and you know, they'll, they'll do good things for my plants and I think uh, the need is to be a little bit more of a scientist and say okay I need some fungal life in my uh, grow zone I think it's real important when you're teaching like you do that you admit that and teach people that it's okay to fail you got to fail in fact yeah. I've heard you say many times when you fail send me the data I want to see what you did <laughs> you know I want to so and and that's you got to fail. I've, I've, I think I've built my whole time a career in teaching cannabis growing around the fact that I'll do things to fail on purpose because I don't believe anybody. You know, I want to see that if you mm. do, it screws up the plant, you know, and then, you know, for sure. And then, of course, like you said, you you're going to do things. you got to try it, you know, because everybody has a different opinion about things, you know, and, 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 and it's, I love the, the fun, the fun that you bring to the KNF where the natural farming, where I love it when I, I have a big joke that I do with people when we go to a conference or somebody about you with your brown sugar, you know, like, yeah, well, you need this much, but, oh, but I'll just dump some more in, you know? It's, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely a little bit of uh, cooking sense involved. You know, it's like, oh, it, well, give me the precise measurements. It's like, yes. And um, what what are you seeing and smelling and what's going on? And yeah, funny. It's fun. It is fun. I tell you, it is. It's a lot of fun because I, I, I think we all, because we're all enamored with it. You know, everybody I know, and if, if I talk to anybody who doesn't know about it, 
soon as they hear what I'm talking about, and I got limited knowledge knowledge compared to most people. And just from what I've learned from watching all your videos and all my friends in natural farming, Josh and and Josh and Kelly and you know everybody else that just do all this stuff, and you just go, wow, dragonfly. If y'all don't know who I'm talking about, Josh and Kelly, but it's a uh, it's a uh, it's amazing how much people are buying into it. They hear the philosophy and they really love it. We're really getting into this kind of a golden age of uh, regeneration here. I don't know. It's just you, can, you can, I like combining a lot of the work from both Dragonfly, but also, and this is going to blow people's minds, Dr. Elaine Ingham and some of the stuff that they've done with compost teas and, and unlocking minerals from certain plants. And, you, and combining that with some of the KNF methods, and we've talked a little bit about some of that on the show, some of that stuff I haven't, some of the stuff I've talked about to extend, you know, with Chris, um, uh, you know, in private and all kinds of other fun stuff. But I know Chris does lots of other cool, funky stuff as well. But you can actually use, you know, some of the different methods from Korean Natural Farming to actually unlock lots of other minerals if you have it from the right source. But again, it's about trial and error, learning about what it is and making sure that that input's not going to also unrelease, you know, release something that's a nasty byproduct that might be undesirable. And if it happens, you tell people about it. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or at least Chris, you know. <laughs> so what are some of the other... Um... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I just unmuted my mic. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's fun. One thing I, I uh, you know, I, I love I love the the scientists of our day, and and um, I I've learned so much from papers and things people are doing all over the world. Having access to that online because a paper was published is is an amazing thing. But um, like you were saying, Roger, that we're in a in a crazy cool season of regenerative farming where we're actually it's a new frontier we don't understand so much of how these things work in connection and uh and the microbial communities work together and so i think um even as you come up to knowledge that's like oh we know that this is how this works kind of say hmm i wonder if we'll know that same thing 10 years from now you know that thing we know so uh, absolutely because um we're discovering all kinds of crazy cool stuff and one of the things i get asked a lot is about how to grow out fungal life um what substrate to use depending on where you live and um so i'll just speak to that really quick um if you are messing with imo3 and you're trying to figure out what um what should i use to grow out i've i've made a successful collection or or i have all this fungal life what should i grow it out on um i want to encourage you to look for something that is higher in fat content plant fats so um one of the things that we've talked about a lot in the natural farming community because when we started in hawaii it was what we had available as mill run um, there was a wheat mill on a, on Oahu, and we were on a, we didn't have access in Hawaii to rice bran, which they used in Korea, and so we were all using mill run. I hate mill run for growing out IMO3. Um, since then, I'll never 
I, I'll never use no run basically. It, it's so low in plant fats that it's basically a bacterial food. Um, and um, it's really difficult to get a good balanced, um, you know, microbial community from the forest to grow out in diversity in your mill run. So bringing in humic acids and fulvic acids and bringing in wood chips and stuff to that is it's possible to grow out some to make some good IMO3 but um, ultimately look for some things that have higher plant fats Um, I had a friend here in Boise oh I forgot the name of the tree oh well a tree was dropping all its seeds and uh, seed pods this spring and he harvested that all up and made beautiful IMO3 that smelled like baking bread and uh just really cool but um if you're looking for a material to grow out um your fungal life on i encourage you to look into the fat content so if you're going to like an animal feed store and getting some of their cheap bags of something or other one of my favorite things to use right now is oats a crimped oat um oats aren't quite as high in plant fat as like a rice bran but they're amazing um, compared to like a mill run, there's so much higher in plant fats and we get a lot of growth. Don't use whole oats or run them over with something or mash them up because whole oats um, have such a thick shell that it doesn't really compromise and they'll all spring up and grow when you go to spread or apply your IMO4. So my wife did not like that in our garden this year. She's like, why is there grass growing up? I thought you said the wood chips would make it so they wouldn't grow up. And it's like, yeah, but it's the oats in my IMO. So don't use whole oats. Um, so we had a really awesome question from chat. It says, I read in Radical Mycology. Awesome book, by the way. If you guys aren't familiar yep. with it, Radical Mycology is a really kick-ass book. Uh, endophytic, fun- endophytic fungi is responsible for many of the medical compounds. Uh, for those of you who don't know what endophytic fungi are, endophytic fungi are actually fungi that live within the plant tissue that help the plant uh, perform its own biological processes and, and give itself um, you know, beneficial nutrients and enzymes and proteins and amino acids and those types of things. Um, but they actually live within it. And there's actually, I can't remember how many different um, um, fungi have been documented in cannabis. Does anyone remember? off the top of their head how many endophytic fungi there were and probably asking the wrong group um we need uh, dr efron back on um, <laughs> um but uh there's a whole a whole group of them that were only just discovered recently um but does does any of the Korean natural farming um help with endophytic fungi production or 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 anything like that is there any documentation or is that a, a question mark we're we're pretty young on the whole um uh, peer review study documentation. Uh, a lot of the people that have done studies with the university systems didn't know how to do natural farming and were just interested in something. Um, so, so I think just now we're beginning um, in the U.S. You know, this this kind of landed in very first in 2008 and really started getting steam in 2011 as far as. Um, exposure in the u.s natural farming so we're pretty young on on all of that but speaking to that from my experience um we have a disease um in uh, macadamia nuts 
that is um, uh, Phytophthora. And that is, I believe, um, well, it goes up into the cambium layer of the tree. So I don't know if it's that type of fungi, but it's um, that um, was infesting our orchard. And we, we brought in IMO and started applying it. And um, the what we brought in, uh, again, this is uh, not with empirical evidence. We didn't do a, a study, just a farmer um, watching his trees change. But we, um, we watched all our Phytophthora infested trees, which is in our industry called macadamia quick decline and macadamia slow decline. Um, we watched them recover. And, uh, and by, by year one, they had refoliated. So it's a defoliated tree um, getting ready to die. By year two, it was back in production. And then um, by year three, we're, we're seeing more production or, or a healthier tree, basically, than uh, the trees around it that hadn't been treated with natural farming. So being able to displace or um, kind of interact with a plant. Because, um, yeah, it's fungi jumps up into, into the plant itself. And uh, what I want to know is, is how, uh, how it works with the bacteria that's swimming in the tube of the fungi. I see it in the microscope that you have this big old large hyphal diameter fungus and, and bacteria is moving back and forth like a super highway within the, the tube that is the fungus itself. And how does that all work? And, you know, what is it actually doing when they're, they're connected up in the, under the plant tissue and bringing nutrients up and down? So... Uh, those are the kind of like Roger was saying this this golden age of learning to understand all this stuff is kind of what we're getting ready to experience in the next several years. Yeah, and part of it's because all of you are coming together instead of competing and saying our way is the best. Everybody's going, how can we work it together? Like 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 Steve Rob, Doctor Elaine, and you guys, you have a little bit of different ideas, you know. Uh, but you, you know, with the Regenerative Organic Can Canvas Conference, you guys have come together and shared knowledge that, like Steve said, are, is, is uh, you're able to use a synergy between the two different methods or the three different yeah. methods or whatever. I, I remember you guys went 16 rounds in the pay-per-view. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when, when, when me and Elaine sit down and talk, we, we're talking about the same thing. We don't have any uh, real disagreements uh, when oh, yeah. we talk. We're the sorry. The uh, <laughs> the only the only problem she has is she's like, well, let's study it. Last time we were talking, she's like, well, I want to come out to your farm and I want to study this because you're. I want to know why you're succeeding. You know, I want to know what it is that's happening. And those are that is her training and exactly what we need so those are those are good questions you know not taking it you know so much of what we say is well i did this cool thing with these things i threw in a bucket and it worked really well like yes that i i believe is totally possible and th there's no argument to be had and if people are going to follow you through that door we, we do need to study it and understand some of it so that's uh, that's her prerogative and i love it That's the old PhD. 
I just yeah. think it's funny how much everyone, uh, you know, thinks you guys are like opponents and it's stupid. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> I, I credit, I credit Elaine for, for our farm's breakthrough. Um, she came and taught me the microscope when we had a incredible need. Um, I was getting into natural farming and everybody was just producing bacteria and my trees. I bought 20 tons of a IMO somebody produced that was all bacteria and I applied it to five acres and my trees yellowed overnight. It looked like I killed five acres. I was pretty, I was pretty sick. And, uh, Elaine was there that next week and explaining fungal to bacterial ratios. And uh, that was a whole shift for me. It was exactly what I needed. It was the key at the right time, which I just, I mean, it was grace. You know, I'm, it was a gift. So I learned the microscope, bought a microscope that week and was able to self-assess my process as I made fungal inoculum and, uh, and applied it to my trees. And, and now we're, we're on a course we use on our farm we use um macadamia kernel uh, byproduct from our industry to grow our imo on full of fats the fungus goes ballistic on it and uh we get some of the most beautiful fungal growth it's uh it's a lot of fun well i'm sorry repeat that what are you getting that on we use macadamia nut fines. So as they crack macadamia nut nuts and roast them, there's a fine and shell byproduct that's unsaleable and unedible by humans. And uh, so we get, you know, two ton uh, sacks of that back from our processor. And we're able to use it to grow our IMO on. So what uh what would us more mere mortals do for something similar? <laughs> I'm telling you, crimped oats is amazing. I, I've I've done crimped a bunch oats. of trials here in Boise with uh, with oats, and depending on what type of oats you can get, I think oats are amazing. So uh, oats, rice bran, these are both high fat um, plants that you can use, and then mixing that with some wood chips and uh, humic acid, and then just following the the uh, natural farming protocol for growing IMO3. So was rye in there at all? Rye? Yeah. I want to say I heard someone using rye. Is that not right? Uh-oh. Where'd Chris go? Where's Chris? Stepped under the wrong tree. Yeah. Wasn't watching where he was going. Okay, so the other thing is, I don't know how much battery life he has. Oh no, he's still connected. I just, for whatever reason, had some error. He'll be back, I'm sure. Friends, everyone, hope you're all having a good night tonight. I'm sure he'll be back in a minute. Hey, Marty, how are you? What's up, Marty? You want to show us what you're up to? Um, just uh, trying to get up some mess here, you know. About time. Got it. Starting the screen. Now. That uh, <laughs> they they were in a pretty wild field. To, sorry, I'm watering some here, but uh, still have a whole bunch of them left. And uh, yeah, th this greenhouse was completely stuffed full. Uh, to the point where you couldn't even walk in here. 
and they were trying to hand water like 6,000 plants. And uh, obviously that was not working. But luckily, um, after about two weeks and a lot of work, we were been able to save enough of the big, I lose too many at all, but to a lot of second that has, and uh, it was taking like six hours for them to hand, couldn't hardly get her in her hand water if you wanted to. So, I mean, these spring and uh, mom, hey, Marty, got Marty, you're, you're cutting in and out. We're losing him, Marty. Everybody's dropping. Don't talk to him. You'll, you'll lose him. <laughs> His net connection. <laughs> There's the second back. Slowly getting everyone back now. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yes. Yeah. All right, cool. So you can you can I think we got So you can back. see in here there's some of these. Go ahead, Mark. Right. No, it's cool. Go ahead. You know, well, I I'm going to actually uh Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, so uh yeah, I was just saying that, you know, these were all looking pretty sad and some of them you can still see get quite quite a bit droopy and they're in two small pots and they don't have enough soil in them and they're all shitty soil and the guy just basically you know either got fired or quit I guess it depends on who you talk to so just kind of here doing doing some cleanup keeping plants alive Looks Marty. like a pretty big grow. Yep. Marty's there to save the day. <laughs> yeah, we still have all these out here. Holy these are all cow. ones I had to take out from here. And then there's more over here. I think you need more plants. Oh, we're not done yet. Look, here's more here. Oh, wait, wait. But there's more. Oh wait, there's a whole another greenhouse. Oh my god, how many you got? Sorry, I have to get loud first. So there's about 6,000 total. And you can see this is how packed the other greenhouse is. So this, the wow. other greenhouse looked exactly like this before I started over there. And then, uh, so all these are, like all those are females that are prepped and ready to go out. Here's a pile of males over here that are going to go to the trash. And then, you know, so this is all the, all the backstock. The ones outside are the ones that I took out of here in order to make room just so that we could, you know, turn around in the green, not going to plan over. But there you go. It's a shitload of plants. There's probably another, I don't know, probably 2,000 right here that we're looking at. And something like that. So we probably pulled at least a thousand males. So probably all including the 
feel your greenhouse left. Cool. So, Chris, take off. Chris is having some issues. Chris still having issues? Yeah, he's having problems. Darn it. It sounded like Chris was, like Chris was ready to wrap it up for him. Yeah, he's having some issues with his, his battery on his phone. So. There was a question in chat from C Ray. Did you see it? No, what did it say? Has I'm gonna murder these names. Has Chris ever heard of mycologist Brian Parado? Paramoto? No, uh, or uh, Molly Rip? Molly Rip? M A U I Rip. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> oh, there's people in chat asking if you're willing to mail them the mails. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them I got PayPal. We'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah, sure you could probably, we could probably mail you some pollen, maybe. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, this is all technically hemp, so this is would all be... You know, should be technically legal and in many states. You can mail it anywhere. I'd love to see a customs guy be like, look at a bag of pollen and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is not going to happen. Not to mention there's no CHC in it, so it's perfectly legal. It has no restricted compounds. So you'd be all right. Oh, if, you know, Oregon would be like 20% CBD and like, yeah, 0.02. So you, we should be able to send a send plants if we really wanted to, but I don't know if you you really want to ship CLs. Definitely pollen though. You can do pollen for sure. Oh, there's females or males? Oh. No males. Uh, Male males. I didn't know if they were they were Hermes. Yeah, I mean I I know it's Pride Month or whatever, but not. Not here in the greenhouse. Polyamorous plants. We're pulling all the males and killing them. Yeah. yeah. Women only in the greenhouse. Girls only. Here, I'll show you the pile of males. Hang on a second. There you go. These are all bags for males. It's insane that they're allowed yeah, to make that work. So we have a you know bong rip or dab to all the poor males out there that go to the trash. <laughs> deep in the sky. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We we love our LGBT community. We're not bashing on them. We're just bashing on the plants. There was a, a person in my class, one of my classes, a couple of years ago. It was like, so let me go so explaining the different types of plants. And I was, and he was like, she, this lady, she was like 47, 50 years old, some of that. She's like, so Bruce Banner, good, Bruce Banner, bad. And I, man, I like the whole room was like in tears. It was so funny. <laughs> Cause like one of the Avengers movies had come out or whatever. And, and uh, right around, yeah, it was just fun timing. I think I have a lot more mills in my garden than finding. I think I'm not going to be happy this year. I think so. Yeah. So, 
So, um, ding, ding. earlier, uh, trying to find the question again. It talked about radical mycology. If you guys are looking to learn more about mycorrhizae and plant fungi, you know, shout out to Dylan. Uh, I'll, I'll leave out your last things in case you want to be anonymous, but we'll just leave you at Dylan. Um, and uh, he mentioned uh, uh, radical mycology. That's a really amazing book. Um, definitely up there with Jeff Lowenfeld's Teaming with Microbes, or you know, uh, if you're doing aquaponics, um, you know, uh, Wilson Leonard's aqu commercial aquaponic cannabis, or um, you know, uh, Jorge Cervantes. Hold on, I got that. He was just up at Alpenglow. Shout out Alpenglow. Mad props to you getting uh, um, Jorge Cervantes up at your farm. That was super cool. Dempure family getting them out there. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think this was everyone's first book. This is the newer version of it. Someone gave it to me as a gift a couple months ago. But um, uh, I have one of the real old ones. That was my first book I ever got on cannabis. And uh, reading Ed's books and uh, Ed Rosenthal's books and, and his books, you know, back in the day, helped me uh, cut my teeth and learn how to do all this stuff along with the, what was the, the VHS video with the the guy that painted himself all green i don't know if that was jorge cervantes or some other dude but um that video i learned a lot I... so uh, yeah um so yeah marty tell us a little bit more about what what it all it is else you're doing there as far as maybe your process or how you're going about helping them uh, or, or anything that you're doing to try and uh you know stabilize everything going on there uh, well, I mean, the first thing was just, um, you know, they seriously underestimated the spacing um, when they put the plants in the greenhouse. And so um, it just made everything so difficult. So really, I just focused when I first got here and there were just so many plants and so little room. You know, I really just focused on space, uh, on spacing, creating room, being able to separate uh, um, and prep females that needed to go to the field you know, right away, some of the larger ones before they got too root bound. Um, and then just figuring out a way to get the watering down. Cause like I said, it was taking six water, six hours to hand water everything. Um, even just, you know, moving pretty quick without really. And, uh, you know, now, even though, you know, we're using spur hoses and some kind of ghetto shit to get them watered, I can, I can water all the plants in about an hour. Um, so really just trying to get the maintenance time down to something that's manageable because, you know, they were, they were clearly just in over their head and, you know, spent a lot of money and don't really have a, <laughs> didn't really have a good plan for, for taking care of all of it. You know, there's not room for all the plants and they have a lot more plants than they need. And so just focus on keeping the, the ones that, you know, we're going to feel the last, the biggest, best ones. I got them separated, identified, you know, pulled all the really obvious males so we can pull them all over the place because they were, they were really, that was another, I figured out he, the guy before had turned off his, uh, his lights uh, to keep them in bed about two weeks early. So the plants went into early veg or early flower and, uh, we're having to re-veg out of it. So that, that caused a few issues. So just trying to identify the plants 
ones that were still good that hadn't started to flower yet. There were some of those and some of them were good size. And then the ones that were going to be threatened by being root bound because they were getting so tall because once we got the water situation figured out, then it was, you know, they started growing like crazy and space just got worse as opposed to better. So you really get behind the curve if you don't, you know, if you get ahead of yourself and especially in this kind of situation where this person was like investing someone else's money and, you know, got in over their head and it can, it can be a lot harder than you think to pop 6,000 beans and be able to manage them and have a place to put them and water them in a reasonable amount of time. And, uh, you know, things that come along with 6,000 plants. Um, so, you know, my friend of mine sourced all these, these plants. It was kind of, uh, you know, I guess the reasoning behind not just walking away from it is I kind of these people first that were, that had all and just kind of let it all go to waste. So just trying to do kind of a little garden overhaul here and get it manageable and then they turn it back over to the, to the landowner. So hopefully I'll be done with that by about the end of this week and be moving on to another project to clean up something else. <laughs> so one of these days I'll get a, and hopefully soon I'll have a project I can start from the beginning on my own and not have to deal with somebody else's stuff, but we'll yeah. see. Been trying. Yeah. And then, oh, I guess also I should say, uh, I'm in escrow on both my houses. So I'm selling, selling my house and buying my house. I should be able to move at the end of July and be able to set up my outdoor again and be in a place where I can actually grow some of my own plants instead of baby and other people's all the time. Good for you, Marty. That's been a long time. That's great news for you, buddy. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. And everything seemed, all the ducks seem to be lining up. So hopefully everybody gets what they want and we can line it all up and out of there by the end. <clears throat> Start setting up the shop before, before wintertime. Yeah. People you did caregiving for will be happy to know you're back in business and take care of them. That'll be great. Yeah, we'll be able to set up the medical again. I mean, most of my patients are already taken care of in other, other right. spots now. It's been, you know, three years since I've been able to, to do it. But some of them couldn't find a, you know, two of them I know for sure couldn't find another growing situation they liked and are just having to buy it at the dispensary. So I'll be able to pick those two back up, no problem. And then it's just a matter of finding four more, um, which I think I'll be able to do. Yeah, we've got, I get significant attention around all my aquaponics stuff. So generally I can, I can find somebody. So hopefully I'll be able to fill them up pretty quick. You know, it's funny you came on after Chris was kind of fading out and we were talking about, he was talking about, I, I can't imagine people growing trees in aquaponics. And I said, Marty grows trees in aquaponics. And then he left. <laughs> Hey, Bob, you know. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it too. We actually, um, yeah. we did a whole a whole facility. Robbie and I, back in Orange and Aquaponics Source, we actually it's, it took us a while. We R and D'd some options, and then, and then actually built a whole kit for like 180 trees. I know Marty's done a lot of cool shit too. What what uh what crops have you done, Marty? Uh, where what uh, what are your crops? You've done a lot of berries. Oh. Yeah, I've done uh, elderberries is probably the biggest one, which is, you know, if I ever get home <laughs> before the podcast starts one of these days, hopefully, watch your feet, Nova. 
um, then I'll be able to uh, uh, show you guys what that looks like because, man, it's probably, I don't know, nine, ten feet tall, throwing all kinds of birds. I guess. But, um, we have raspberries, strawberries, uh, broccoli, cauliflower, um, all kinds of stuff can grow in aquaponics. I've grown cucumbers, I've grown many waters, corn, corn uh, bell peppers. Yeah, a lot, lots of stuff. Awesome. You guys still there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're. We're overwhelmed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought I lost you there for a second. We've got a bunch of different citrus trees, um, uh, Australian cherry trees, regular cherry trees, uh, osha root. Uh, we did uh, peaches, uh, apple trees, um, sweet sauce, sour sauce, moringa, uh, a couple others. That's what I need to do. I get. I need to try to propagate my moringa seeds that I bought. I got oh, it's easy as shit. You take a branch, you cut it, you stick it in the media bed, and it roots in like a month. Yeah, but I don't have a branch. I have seeds. <laughs> I know. So, so moringa seeds can be pretty tricky to germinate. You want to yeah. store them for sandpaper at the outside, yep. and then soak them in water overnight, and then germinate them, and they work much better. I was wondering if you could take them and put them in like a, a concrete mixer, right? With some kind of substance that would scrape, like do the sandpaper work for you. Like if you had a whole bunch of them, oh, you can them just turn over and sand or like or little rocks or something. You know? People take like a large matchbox and put sandpaper on the inside and then shake them in the matchbox. Oh, yeah, that's another, yeah. Any way you can score them is basically to wear off the skin or, or the, you know, or the, the coating or the whatever the husk. You could belt sander. You could belt sand it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wear off your fingers, too. <laughs> hey, I mean, depends what you're doing. You might need to do that. We're going to get rid of those fingerprints. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I ran across them yesterday. I thought, oh, this is a damn ring. I forgot all about them. I had so much stuff going on. Yeah. Well, it's nice. Marty got to drop in tonight and show us where he's out there on that commercial grow, getting out of the house, doing something a little bit extra, uh, making a few bucks, you know. Um, well, quick yeah. thing for for Chris, uh, 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 just to wrap up. Um, you can go to naturalfarming.co. Chris is actually teaching a class with Master, Master Cho the first week of August. And in case he can't reconnect, I just wanted to mention that. Um, you know, uh, if you're looking to learn KNF, you know, you'll get a KNF level one training. Um, so you'd be KNF certified. And um, yeah, it's a great time. Chris is, you know, the most knowledgeable person in Korean natural farming that speaks English, um, you know, by a country mile. So uh, definitely who you want to go learn from. And uh, I know I'm going to try my damnedest to make it out there. We're going to be bringing our system online within two weeks of that uh, thing. So um our, our biggest system so i'm gonna i'm gonna see what i can do scheduling wise but i'll be there for at least part of it so it'll be a great and, time uh, and his instructions on his youtube channel are awesome 
They're easy, easy, easy to follow. Super easy to follow. <laughs> yeah, if you're not familiar with Korean natural farming, you can go to uh, Chris Trump on YouTube. He has really amazing how-to videos. They're longer format. Many of them are, you know, 15 to 40 minutes, but they're very in-depth and very detailed. And he goes through everything, and uh, they're you know well edited, and they're easy to follow uh, with all of your you know ingredients list and everything listed out in the beginning. They're they're really well thought out, and um, you know really is a great resource. And the one that you know a lot of us have used to get started. I know you know I I've done my fair share of of Korean natural farming videos and and try to work on on how to make it more accessible and make it a little less uh, traditional, but. You know, he's the one that that really put a lot of this out there in English. You know, to begin with, that's where a lot. You know, him. You know, you have other people that have learned from him, like you know Eric Weinart or some of the other people we've had on the show um, that have learned from you know him and and, and others. Um, you know, that, that really got started early on, and Chris was one of the earliest. You know, back in you know the early um, you know two thousands. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but. Um, uh, he's actually uh, you know been one of the pioneers and one of the guys that's really helped get it out to the masses uh, and and you know been one of, not only that but one of the ones that's been really cool about reaching out to the cannabis community even though he doesn't smoke or consume cannabis or or grow cannabis himself he's really been you know awesome about working with the cannabis community um same thing with um Susan Wainwright Evans you know uh uh Suzanne Wainwright Evans sorry the bug lady the bug lady um you know it's you know props to her as well for really reaching out and yep. the cannabis community even though she's not a, a user you know yeah, she recognizes yep. the uh you know the importance of having someone with her skill set and 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 making sure that we're all steered in the right direction so props to chris uh props to suzanne and um and um you know thank you both for for all the you know hard work and and time you guys put into uh to, to help us all out, you know, even though uh, you guys aren't stoners like the rest thanks of us. Thanks for sharing and keep and continuing to sharing new ideas that you've got too. Cause I see, I see Suzanne on Instagram all the time. Uh, so, along with the whole regenerative crew, everybody's out there sharing and the Dem Pure family, everybody's out there sharing stuff. Yep. Hell yeah. So uh, yeah. what else is new with you, Marty? Anything else? Oh, well, no, man, between this and my, my normal job. So I, I basically, I start out my day here. I water for about an hour, hour and a half. And I go home, take a shower, go to work, work all day, go back home, eat some dinner, come back out here, water for another hour, hour and a half or so. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, try to organize a few things and get back in time to at least, you know, see my kids for a little while before they go to sleep. So. That's that's been pretty much a full day for me for about the last couple of weeks. Wow. Hmm. Well, that's on the new spot and the new grow. I'm excited for you. Yep. Yeah, it'll be good to kind of get get to doing some of this shit for myself again, as opposed to other people. So that'll be that'll be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Roger? What have you been up to? Let's Oh, well, it's been raining like crazy here. I got that new little mini greenhouse I was so excited about Tuesday, and it didn't last 48 hours. We had a torrential rainstorm that just crushed it last night, and I got up this morning, and uh, I went out to check the mail, and it was laying on top of all my plants. So that was the start of my day was going out there in ankle-deep water and, and pulling all this broken greenhouse because I, 
the thing is, it's a real nice little design as long as you realize you got to reinforce it, which I planned on doing, you know, because I have commercial greenhouses, but I didn't get to do it. You know, I mean, I, did, I didn't expect the first rainstorm to come through and wipe it out. So that's about all I've been doing. Um, played a gig last night. I know it's not about music, but I went out and played a gig last night out a nice barbecue joint out on the islands and had a blast. Really good people out there. A shout out to Boogie and the crew out there on in Hollywood, South Carolina. And um, but uh, other than that, no, just doing what I'm doing. I'm I think I'm getting ready to pop some of um, um, Malik's and Wendy's stuff. You know, I, I decided I'm not going to do all the different ones. I'm going to pick out like uh, you know I, I I it was nice of Malik to send me some of those beautiful uh, packaged genetics of his and. And he was actually on the show for a while, and then he, he got busy, I guess, and he hadn't, we hadn't seen him in a couple of months. But I want to do him and Wendy, supposedly, her strain with the mango cross. I can't remember what exactly it is, but I know there's something about mango in it. And it's supposed to be pretty damn good. So shout out to Wendy at Sunabis, who's also part of the uh, um, Regenerative Organic Cannabis Conference. And, and I'm not sure. I'm assuming she's probably damn pure certified. I'm not sure. Yeah, she's also Korean natural farming certified. Yeah, yeah, she's really cool and very knowledgeable, and she does a lot of teaching on her own. I, I was, I hadn't seen a lot from her lately, but uh, a couple months ago, Wendy was teaching an all girls K and F class, and then they went out rafting on the river and everything. Is like, yeah, you know, she's a woman's woman. I'm telling you that one. She's a spitfire, you know. Cool. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Me? No, I just, uh, well, not anything that I want to talk about on the show. Just some, you know, sad things that happen, but we can leave it because we're having a nice time. So, no, no, I don't want to be a bummer or anything like that. What up? What's up with you, Tara? What's new with your garden? Um, Just watering. <laughs> Waiting for the to come out. Waiting for the nuts to show. Um, yeah, so... I think I have a lot more than I wanted. So I'm going to be really bummed, I think. But we'll find out. I don't know. We'll see when I get back. So um, might be headed out of town again. Might be headed out of town again. Oh, my gosh. I can't stay home right now. I'm never going to get tomatoes planted. I still have not one tomato planted. It looks like we're going to be going to the farmer's market for the next few months. Should You should come. You should come. Uh we, you know, we could probably work out some kind of free internship to come help us with the, with the commercial op out here in Oklahoma if you want to come. Oh <laughs> <laughs> free I, internship, I, I like that. Like, kill me right now because these. <laughs> okay, so I came home from from Josh's, right? I come home from Josh's and I have eight baby chickens. <laughs> babies, eight little babies. I was like, oh my gosh, they all hatched in like one day. It was crazy. So I'm out taking care of these baby chickens and I'm trying to get this, them all set up in their own little area because, like, you know, it's important that they have their little area because I'm going to be gone for a few days and I want to make sure nothing can get to them. And, you know, so I'm being mother hen. <laughs> and then I have a goose that's sitting on eggs again. And I wasn't, I told myself I wasn't going to let them sit again, but I just can't help it. They want to sit. It's natural. It's human nature. And I just can't help not let them, right? Well, can't you sell, you could sell them or, or give them to somebody else that would love to have geese too. Um, oh, I give them away. Believe me, yeah, I always yeah. give 
them away, but it's so hard to give your babies away after you've raised them. It's yeah, so yeah, I know. Mama, mama bear there. Okay. Separating goslings from parents. That's it. It's you get uh, it. Yeah, that my the, the male, he's mean. He will bite you bad. Like, yeah, I've got <laughs> bruises all over me. Yeah. It's yeah. He's mean. <laughs> We missed you Tuesday. We we missed you Tuesday. Oh my gosh, I was so trying still to recover. Like I said, I was just got back from Josh's because it's a whole day drive up and a drive back for us. Like because we're pulling yeah. the camper and all the way up. And, that, that's and, what we uh, figured too. That's we yeah, figured yeah, we were yeah, so, out, you know? But it was so awesome. I'm so glad I went. We had such an amazing time. Josh's greenhouse. That oh my the video that I got to do and make on my channel walking through the greenhouse was like my favorite. I wanted to do that a hundred times. I could have done it a hundred times. It was so awesome. And Thank then um, I don't know where it went. But I have a variegated uh, cut that I'm going to start. So we'll see how Oh, good for you. Yeah. yeah. A big thank you to Tara for catering the class. That was awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> I kind of helped out with lunch and a few snacks, you know, the munchies, you know, all those kind of things. Probably <laughs> yeah, created the munchies in the first place, you know. We were the cannabis camp hosts, I guess. Cannabis camp. That was Lord. So yeah, that's really all it's gone. Nothing else with me. That's it. That's all I got. Well, cool. All right. Well, you guys, if you guys have been watching my YouTube or my Instagram, um, you guys have seen a little bit what I've been up to. We've been just Cutting shit tons of clones, getting the moms back into something that resembles the word manageable from those first couple we, we had out when we were doing the cycling. Now everything is cycled and we've got things a little bit better configured over there. Um, you guys can see the plants look a lot, you know, the plants look really nice over there. Needs a little bit, the iron got a little bit low on us uh, while we were, while I was away. Um, uh, but uh, other than that, everything else is going good. Um, those things will green, green back up again. Uh, you know, you can't really tell at all. It's not, they're not even yellow. They just, that's really the only thing that's going wrong right now. Um, but other than that, I mean, they're, they're cranking and. Um, Do you have a question in chat? Did you see it? Oh, about the brewer's yeast? Yeah. yeah so somebody asked about, um, you know, what about brewer's yeast being modified? It's not, it's not profitable. It's still cheaper to do with plants, you know, in a field. Um, you know, the brewer's yeast stuff is, is expensive. It's not really stabilized. Um, they also can potentially produce because yeasts and stuff, you know, they change all the time. You, you also don't have a way of, of telling if it's going to produce that exact same compound. And, and you can kill people if you make the wrong cannabinoid. So, um, in fact, it was in uh, Spain. They actually they had a test with yeah. 30 people yeah. and they killed 12 of them or something like that. And, and tw tw uh, I don't know. It was, it was crazy. Um, but you just don't uh, know what it's going to grow that's not stable enough to know what it's going to yeah, grow. I wouldn't trust that to be stable indefinitely. And there's some other things about that that are just sketch, but uh, regardless, it's still not as, not as cheap as growing a plant and doing an extraction. So, you know, it's, it's not really, yeah, it's cool maybe for novel cannabinoids that the plant can't possibly produce. Um, but at the same time, you might have to have multiple 
um, microbes, you know, making precursors that are fed into, you know, you're going to have to make the whole chain. It's not going to be as simple as, as making them produce, you know, straight to really complex molecules. They're going to have to, you know, that, that, that's a difficult thing that that's not quite so easy. But I know that, I, that people talked about the CBD and THC. Now, there is a, a, a different form of like a synthetic CBD that is starting to hit the market from China as well. But ah. you got one of those variegated plants. We're those variegated leaves. Yeah, that's I saw that. I saw you post that on Instagram too, Tara. That's not beautiful or what? Oh my gosh, I fell in love with this plant when I walked in there. Yeah, variegation is is uh, caused by what things, but uh, so cool. Anyways, just had to show this. That was all. I saw I saw something interesting. Facebook is canceled and shut off all CBD advertisements and sales on Facebook. They've been assholes about all weed stuff for a while. Yeah, but they they officially I saw a notice yesterday that they oh, officially shut it down. Picked up a new slap too. Cool. Where's your something? <laughs> I'm still so we're we're um, we're moving base camp down to the actual green like we're setting up a bunch of um of stuff down on the new property where we're, we're finishing up on on settling and then there'll be another one that'll be more my my final residence but for now um yeah so we have up here so we're just kind of I'm kind of packing up again, getting ready to move down to the other spot. Um, but yeah, it's all good. Uh, everything's just kicking ass. We've just been, um, we cut 400 clones today, uh, getting ready for the outdoor and for main production, making sure we have stuff. As soon as that system's online, then we're going to fill that whole greenhouse just about. Um, so we're basically packing our nursery. We have as much as possible. Um, we're going to have every square inch of that, that nursery with plants. Uh, and ready to go. Um, and then in about a month from now, we'll bring the big system online. Uh, we're just waiting on a, a couple of parts to finish getting the roofing done and making sure it's heavily reinforced because we've been, you know, we have high winds here. Oh. Uh, so uh, just making sure everything's going to be all reinforced. And then uh, the building for the fish house should be here uh, pretty soon. We'll get that up. We'll get the tanks in, trench the lines for the plumbing, and we'll be off to the races. So yeah, it's kind of where we're at here, just popping beans, uh, looking at different phenomes, figuring out what's probably a male. We're just just finally about to set up our, our tents for the males. We're going to start flowering out males and, and doing pollen preservation for cataloging. Uh, and then we're going to grow the girls. And we're going to back cross stuff that's important. We're going to back work on back crossing the reunion island and put some seeds out for that for our own breeding purposes and uh, make sure we have some stuff. I think that'd be a cool one to give back out. You know, I got that at the the, the regenerative conference last year. I want to make a big old batch for everybody. I know it's one everyone desperately wants their hands on um, because of the weirdness of the genetics. Um, Which so one was that? Which one? The Reunion Island. Oh, Reunion Island. Okay, yeah, you've been hoarding that. Okay, yeah. So, so we're going to work on backdropping that so we can give some of that out for the regenerative conference next year um, and, and, and help people out with that. I think that'd be really awesome because it's kind of like the opposite of an autoflower. You know, after a certain period of time, it just keeps producing flowers. 
That's kind of like what you, that's something you need that you need to check, trade vision for some of his stuff. You need to trade him some of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He would, he would love that. I, well, yeah, talk I, about it. Process. I want to, I want to send it out to people that want to, want to work with it and people that will also back cross it so that we can make sure that we, we preserve yep. it as well. Yep. You know, green jeans is another person, uh, uh, and, uh, make sure maybe, you know, maybe send some out to, um, um, Oh, Gypsy Nirvana and some of the other awesome people out there, Breeder Steve and some of these other guys. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, that's that's kind of what I've been up to. Is just uh, we've been going through. We we popped some psychotic amount of seeds. Uh, I think we popped probably 130, 137 cultivars, um, and then <laughs> part of that was an accident. Um, but yeah. that's okay. Um, but we, we've just been thinning plants, you know, anything that's not structured well or anything, just it's been getting weeded out or, you know, getting set aside for outdoor. We, we don't have a plant count, so we're going to set up 800 to 1,000 potted plants, and then we'll have some hugels set up as well. Um, we're going to convert everything over to hugels ne you know, for next year, but um, there was some stuff sprayed back in, in November, December, and yeah. I don't want to risk bioaccumulating that this year. Um, if I set some hugels and I, and I work the land and, and treat it for that microbially this year, I can make it really awesome for next year. So we're just going to treat the land that way and then put some weed barrier down and then put some nice giant, you know, 80-gallon uh, um, or 100-gallon uh, fabric pots on there and, and, and go that route, you know, for this for this season. And then we'll take that soil that's been nice and, and you know, microbially dominant and we'll build our hugel beds and then we'll pile all that soil right on top of the wood piles and we'll use that as our base uh, along with some local uh, uh, organic um, manures and um, mushroom. We've got a, a nice mo local mushroom farm where we get some truckloads of mushroom stuff in here soon. But we're going to be doing a lot of, of outdoor soil. We're going to do about uh, 15 to 20% outdoor soil just because we have space. And we're going to take our leftover plants and put them out there, and then the rest will be indoor. We have a, um, you know, the rest of it will be indoor aquaponics uh, between the two facilities. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's nice to have all that space, you know. Deer and cows and horses. Yeah, I'd love to be out Property, so there's plenty of room to do it. We're putting a big old fence around the whole damn thing. On the lower property, we have a nice eight-foot fence around everything. And uh, yeah, be nice and secure. You have uh, multiple sets of gates before you ever get anywhere near the building. So nice big compound, you know, perfect kind of place, middle of nowhere, set back in the property, you know, set up real nice for what we're doing. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's been working on labs. I got probably 10 gallons of labs going right now <laughs> in my kitchen. Um, uh, just getting everything scaled up, you know, uh, so we can start doing IBCs. Um, just trying to make sure we have a couple of backup um, batches that are sitting in the fridge in case somebody fucks one up. Uh, we can just rip out another bottle and I don't have to babysit it, you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm kind of making up a bunch of kind of, you know, shelving. Right now, while I'm not, you know, doing a lot of construction and working with, you know, doing a little lighter plant work, trying to make sure I can stockpile and shelve stuff when I have downtime again. Thinking about this stuff with your workflow and your planning, if you have a downtime, a rainy day, it's a cold day in the winter, work on some KNF stuff. You know, work on you know, work on some 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 labs, get, get order some new keepers, 
you work, you know, shelf stabilize that in the winter time and, and, and have that ready for spring. Or if you've got a heavy you know, wet week in the springtime, use that time to make it for, for, for fall, you know, end of summer and fall, you know, you use this, this kind of situation to your advantage. You know, when you do have that little bit of downtime, shift your schedule and roll with it, you know, rather than <laughs> suffering. And go out back and walk around and try to and locate mycelium, you know, where you might be able to do your IMOs. You know, it's just to walk around and kick things around a little bit. You never know what you might find back there under a few trees and, you know, a little bit of de decomposed, uh, you know, terroir. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, you know, we, we've just been uh, uh, just kind of waiting for everything to dry out. It's been so damn wet here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't been able to do anything. We had to, like, you know, just actually rebuild two of the roads through our facilities. We had to just bring in a bunch of rock ourselves just to rebuild the roads to make sure that they were nice and stabilized. Um, you know, for the future, we put some new culverts in and stuff like that just to make sure that we don't ever have to deal with this craziness again. Or if it does flood like this again, you know, we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, never yeah, is affected. It's just some of the access roads we've had to wash out on us. Well, I'm just glad that it didn't hit the main farm or any of the houses or anything. It got close, but y'all ended up, you lost some, you had to detour a road and do a couple things, but overall, nobody got hurt. They didn't lose animals either, from what I understand, and and you, you didn't lose any of what you're building, and you're at the perfect time of building where you didn't have to tear up there, really worry about losing a lot either, because you it was a skeleton. So you if, if it did get bad, so it, it kind of was a bad thing, and it helped. But I know how it, it's kind of like y'all sent it our way, because that's why I bought that new little greenhouse. It, it was freaking 100 degrees, and then all of a sudden it started raining. It's been raining, like pouring for two weeks or three weeks, you know? And it's crazy in the swamp when it pours for two weeks. And it gets kind of, you, I don't have a hill to climb up on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're on the top of a, a hill on the little compound. It's really sweet. So, yeah. but we kind of overlook, we, we, there's a bunch of lower property. It's all cattle property, but the, the, the weed property is up kind of on a, only really one way in or out. And you got to get through you know, a lot to actually get to the grow. So you're not going to get there without, you know, multiple people knowing that you're on your way there. So. Well, I'm glad you're good doing something that's coming to fruition after all the work you've been doing the last couple of years and a couple of things fell through it. I, I see you being, you know, you're still up and downs, but I see you happier than I've seen you in a long time because you're actually yeah, doing something that, positive, you know, for all the headache and drama and immaturity of some of the other people. Yeah. You got a bunch of good old boys out in Okie from Muskogee. You know? Yeah, I know. It's funny. Who would have thought I'd get along with the, the conservative rednecks the best, you know? <laughs> Most conservative dude here that, that, that works with the group uh, is this old ex-Navy Marine guy who's worked with Marine Sniper for 30 plus years or whatever. We're like best friends, man. The last dude you ever think could you know, get along and do with dreads, man. We are two peas in a pod. It's really funny. <laughs> Well, see, you just say, that just shows everybody just have to give peace a chance, you know. Oh, I know. It's funny when they 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 took him a minute to realize the the hippie knows what he's talking about, but now now everybody listens to me, so it's all good. <laughs> the hippie, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Out here, I'm the hippie. What what else am I going to be with threads, you know? <laughs> oh, Ross, the right Rasta, the white white Rasta. You know? I'm going to jump off here, guys. I got to go get some stuff done. Sure.
All right. Well, we're going to wrap the show up, I think, anyways. Um, I want to tell everybody how to find you, Tara. Tara Lee Live on YouTube or Instagram. <laughs> thanks, um, guys. Have a great night. Thanks. Have a good one. Good night, Tara. And uh, Marty's was uh, AP Meds on YouTube or AP Meds on uh, Instagram. Um, yeah, so I'll be posting lots of updates on that as we're building this, finish and build it out, and the, just the plant growth. Posted some root picks today. Posted some video of the nursery. Nursery is just looking so good right now. Um, needs a little bit of nutrient tweaking, but we'll, we got that fixed today. So just, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, trying to think what else is going on. Other than that, just, just, just doing well and we'll have lots of uh, uh updates on that and uh roger wants to tell everybody how, how to find you yeah you can find me at uh instagram roger latewood or at facebook roger latewood and uh you always you you, you know you can always uh, pop me an email at latewood at um i love growing marijuana.com if you really have a if you have a grow question for little old me and i'll be glad to help you out and uh yeah you can find me at poemponics.com uh, Potent Products on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all the things. Um, and you can find the dispensary over at Kind Alternative, kindalternative.com. Uh, no www, just kindalternative.com. Um, if you want to check out the menu, what we currently have, uh, if you're interested in, in that. Uh, or um, And we'll have lots of cool content um, coming up here soon. And, um, yeah, working with... Uh, Working on having some really cool things um, and some other cool stuff to announce here later in the summer, for later in the summer, uh, that we're not quite ready to make announcements on. But um, uh, I think you guys are going to be as excited as I am about it once we're, we're ready to talk about it. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys again soon. Cheers.